ਜੀ ਦਾ ਖਾਲਸਾ ਵਾਹਿਗੁਰੂ ਜੀ ਕੀ ਫਤਿਹ ਵਾਹਿਗੁਰੂ ਜੀ ਦਾ ਖਾਲਸਾ ਵਾਹਿਗੁਰੂ ਜੀ ਕੀ ਫਤਿਹ ਸਰਦਾਰ ਕਪੂਰ ਸਿੰਘ ਵਾਂਸ ਰੋਟ ਐਨ ਆਰਟੀਕਲ ਇਫ ਮੈਮਰੀ ਸੇਵਸ ਮੀ ਕਰੈਕਟਲੀ ਇਟ ਵਾਸ ਆਲਸੋ ਅ ਸਪੀਚ ਹੀ ਗੇਵ ਇਨ ਦ ਯੂਕੇ ਹੀ ਕਾਲਡ ਇਟ ਸਟੂਪਿਡ ਸੀਕਸ ਨਾਓ ਰਿਗਾਰਡਿੰਗ ਦ ਮੇਨ ਇਸ਼ੂ ਇਟ ਮਾਈਟ ਹੈਵ ਬੀਨ ਇਨ ਕੈਨੇਡਾ ਔਰ ਦ ਯੂਕੇ ਆ ਡੋਨਟ ਨੋ but what he pointed out was that there's a identity crisis among Sikhs today particularly in the west it's almost as if we are not raising Sikhs like the Sikh youth to be Sikhs but rather we are raising coconuts because we really don't give a damn about the youth to be <clears throat> uh well i fully agree there is an identity crisis and uh and i think it started a long time ago it, it's not a recent thing yeah mm-hmm. the first blow was pretty much the pujari vadi blow pretty much from there that you know sikhi is part of hinduism it's nothing unique that was the first wave of this attack and at that time professor gurmukh singh gyani dat singh and many others like baba dial singh narankari and countless others fought it off but again as we have seen in the past century it's returned that's in india but overseas it's a different matter because even though we are saying that we have the freedom to grow here as six we don't seem to be encouraging people to utilize that freedom especially our people well uh in our observations we well since we have lived overseas where well i was born and i grew up in india india and everything yeah mm-hmm. so this problem may not be that serious in india currently because people are not collected to psychology and sociology that much mm-hmm. but uh, in the us you, you you have to look at it the way to with any Im- immigrant community mm. over the time mm. the, the identity of the whole community changes into their new country mm-hmm. it usually happens unless you, your identity is too strong or you have such such a culture that you get the that you consider it to be your duty to preserve who you are yeah 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 you you got a point here because if you look at it from one perspective when baba nanak formed sikhi he also formed a sikh culture which we saw come into play when he uh, built kartarpur and you know these other sikh cities they were lead on sikh lines sikh religious and cultural lines <clears throat> however uh, over time this uh However over time this culture became diluted especially under Maharaja Ranjit Singh and the in the last few days of the missiles we took on the Sanatani culture and then post Singh Sabha what we have done is we have misinterpreted everything so now there is a culture which we are saying is traditional indian culture and then there's religion two separate things but if you look at it from an academic point of view from a university type point of view a intellectual perspective i guess that's what i'm trying to say fundamentally speaking this differentiation has brought us to a point where religion has been constrained solely to the identity the factor of you know the cash the panch kakars and the cultural thing has become sort of like a decider for everything we do in our everyday lives even in the west you know arranged marriages and this other pathetic rubbish whatever we have taken on to ourselves Well, you make a good point away because uh, it's it's kind of hard to differentiate between uh, Punjabi culture and Sikh culture these days. There's hard to differentiate between any culture to be honest. I mean, you have snowflakes, right? the amount of snowflakes we have is uh, pretty amazing. Um 
<clears throat> on online forums, they will be arguing, you know, about what happened 20, 30 years ago in June. And then, you know, now we have these farmers protests. And then when you look at their philosophical uh, debates, it suddenly becomes Sikhi is part of Advaita Vedanta, Sikhi is part of Vedic thought, Sikhi is this, this is classical Sikhi, this is that Sikhi. On one hand, you're saying historically we're different, and then on the other, culturally and religiously, you're positing us on the same track as the others. And then you're arguing that that's not Bipran Kirith. You see where the contradiction is? So all these smart kids overseas, they decide that this faith is entangled in something which we don't want to be a part of. Let's renounce it altogether. Well, it usually happens because, uh, uh, how do I say this? Uh, okay, hold on. Do you agree that Sikh values are not exactly what liberalism teaches today? I guess when compared to many other values, Sikh values might be liberal, but then when you look at Sikh values alone, there is that, uh, you know, conservative strain because you have to preserve your identity, you have to preserve your, um, you know, philosophy. And I'll, I'll give a good example. I'll give a relevant example. I mean, you know, damn the reaction we get. Look, we don't have any problems with uh, homosexuality. If someone wants to marry a man, if a woman wants to marry a woman, a man wants to marry a man, up to them. They want to change their genders up to them. But the relationship predigam in the Guru Granth side is between a man and a woman. That's essentially where an undercurrent stands. Yep, true. Uh, and that man and woman have to be Sikhs, following the Guru's Gyan, following the yep. truth, which is Satguru. So, two things. The people getting married need to be Sikhs. They need to be judged as being Sikhs. Secondly, they need to be a male and a female. But if there is this uh, liberal strain that we need to uh, change our beliefs, our principles, just to confirm to someone else's demands, of course, I mean, personally speaking, I won't agree with it at all. Yeah, uh, uh, it make uh, an excellent point here because this thing, this thing happened recently, yeah? Yes. I think it was in, in the U.S. or Canada? Yeah, some hippie priest, apparently. <laughs> well, he just received a payment and there was more than enough for him. For him. And, uh, well, yeah, uh, if, if you if you are, are a, a child of Sikh heritage, you grew up in the U.S. or, l let's say, generally in the West. Yep. From your school system, from your university system, from your college system, you... Uh, you have received largely liberal values because conservatism is just in a downward, downward spiral these days, but it has been for the past few decades. Yep. So <clears throat> you may identify yourself as liberal, but there are some basic Sikh values that don't agree with what liberalism is today. So how exactly. would you identify yourself first? Hmm. Hmm. Yeah. See, this is where we need to sit down and actually put Sikhi out in the public sphere rather than the, yeah, we are the people who bring you longer every day sort of uh, rhetoric which seems to be going around now. We have a selfie with us. We feed the world. We need to define Sikhi in the public sphere, in the legal sphere, in the social sphere. So when we say that, yes, Sikhs are liberals, they know that we are liberals, but up to a point. Does it mean we are going to impose on others like other faiths, but nor does it mean we are going to tolerate any imposition on us? Does Sikhi works on the norm or the exception? I would say Sikhi is exceptional faith, 
but within that exceptional faith, there are parameters which can be considered as being the norms for its followers. Because the fact is that uh, the modern ideology, let's say the post-truth things, they, they work on exceptions, yeah? Yeah, mental exceptions, convoluted logic, pretty much. It's not even that. Uh, the, okay, I'll give you one example, yeah? Hmm. Rami Malek, yep. <coughs> sorry, when he was cast as, a, as an uh, as an Egyptian character in some some movie, there was an outrage. Hmm. The outrage was that uh, uh, he's kind of how do I say uh, not fit not fitting in into the historical accuracy because uh, there there is a belief that Asian Egyptians were black. Yep. So that's the exception. The vast majority of the world knows who the Egyptians were. There are mummies there. You can verify their DNA and everything. Yes. But a very, very vocal, tiny minority hmm. yells out the loudest. loudest. Hmm. Yeah? Yep. So in this way, they, they are uh, working uh, on the basis of, base of an exception. I'll give you another example. Hmm. Well, the, the example might not be very ap uh, appropriate, but uh, I think it will make a solid point. There used to be a porn, store, porn star called August Amy's. Yep. <laughs> yeah. uh, okay. And she committed suicide because hmm. she, was, she was bullied to death because she said that I'm not going to perform with a, with a male porn star who uh, has performed uh, gay porn. Mm, mm. She, she was stamped homophobic by a very, very vocal, tiny minority. Mm, mm. So even uh, in something like porn, you can say it's largely straight porn. Yeah, I'm talking about things that I think our younger audience can understand. Mm, mm. Because uh, her death and her suicide was quite, uh, oh, it was quite an explosive event. And uh, it's still there in the news and everything. I mean, let's face it, you can't deny that porn is all around today. People can't escape from it, even if they don't watch it. Well, it's nothing. I, I try to download a movie and uh, a pop-up of porn comes on screen. What can I do? <laughs> That's exactly the thing. You need to control yourself. You know, like, by Gurdas says, learn to control yourself rather than blame others because you can never control the situation which confronts you in life. Yep, control myself. Well, it's yep. not, not even control myself. Uh, well, uh, we will deviate to a different topic, but yeah, it, it's but, everywhere. If you have internet, you can't es escape from it. It's, it's everywhere. Yep. And on those very grounds now, <clears throat> you know, like how we were discussing the post-truth um, considerations and you brought up August Amy's. Now the people who are shouting this vocal minority, which seems to want to upend just about everything, because we were seeing something on Twitter we saw this uh, allegation made that maybe the Sikh gurus were also gay, but they couldn't come out because, you know, of uh, society at the time. And uh, the challenge our team put forward at the time to the individual in question, the main challenger, was that can they prove through Gurbani or any other historical sources that the gurus were like they were implying them to be? And this was a few months back. Up till now, we have received no, uh, no response on the opposing end we cannot see that account anymore and we believe we have been blocked anyhow now 
you know, regarding this vocal minority, which keeps on insisting that, you know, we are fighting for liberalizing, uh, you know, religion, we are fighting for liberalizing society. You come to a point where you see that, you know, people protesting are protesting for a change, but there is a fine line when you're protesting for change and a fine line when you start protesting to impose something on someone else. Now, these protesters, this minority, this uh, vocal minority, will always insist it has the right to voice its opinions because of freedom of speech. Well, oh, well, uh, yeah, and uh, freedom of speech only for them. If you say yeah. something they don't agree with, that's hate speech and that's a crime. Exactly. And if someone else turns around and says something which is not, um, you know, which is not instigative, which is not, you know, provoking any reaction, you know, a valid and fair criticism, suddenly, suddenly you get all this postmodernist logic about deconstruction, about uh, de-establishment, blah, blah, blah. Everything from, you know, if it's a man, they will have words like patriarchy. If it's a woman, it will be matriarchy. From one end to another, they just start hounding the person hypocritically and you wonder that, wait, how will things look under you if this is what you're doing today? Uh, well, the fact is that we have been flying under the radar for a long time in this particular sense that, uh, and these questions did exist. I have read them online and I've tried to answer them back in the day with my limited understanding. They, sim they would simply say that if Sikhi uh, recognizes men and women as equal, why were there no female gurus? Well, I mean, on this end, look at it this way. Guru Nanak, you know, enunciated a unique ideology. He was a high caste male who stepped outside the caste system, who fought for the rights of the, you know, lower caste males. How far did Mirabai get fighting for, you know, women's rights? And here we have men. We have, you know, individuals who are expected to be uh, upholders of patriarchy saying no. There should be no patriarchy. If there is, then patriarchy and matriarchy should be equal. It's almost running counter to what the world was at that time, and it had more of an influence, more of an effect. Well, I would also add that uh, you have to remember that uh, the role of women, well, the women who played uh, very important roles in Sikhi. Let's th let's take the example of Mata Gujri. Yeah. Yes. When uh, in 1675, Guru Gobind Singh was nine years old when uh, Noam Pasha was executed. Yes. <clears throat> Who taught Guru Sab everything? Exactly. Exactly. Before Guru Tegh Bahadur left, he would have handed Guru Gobind Rai's arm to his mother. Well, uh, yep, true. And uh, you also have to remember, even before that, <clears throat> uh, mm -hmm. Guru Tegh Bahadur as Tegh Mal fought in wars under Guru Hargobind Sahib, his father, yeah? Yes. So Mata Gujri was there and she saw everything. Mm -hmm. Do you think that she might have been the guide of uh, Satme and Atme Pacha? Who knows? Who knows? Because, you know, the role of woman in Sikh history has been mitigated by the Pujari Vadi uh, clique. It, it has never been highlighted. It has never been preached to the people. <clears throat> it never has. And I for, mean, a few for years me, ago, yeah. Yep. Yeah. For me, it's, 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 a, it's a recent thing that uh, I started learning about how important was the role of Mata Gujri. And I have never, ever heard it in my entire life. It's just, just a very recent thing because I had to search it myself. It's a, such a bright character in Sikh history. I don't know much about them. Mm -hmm. And rather... 
the the way that plays into the narrative today is that you know like uh, as offensive as this might sound the coconut kids we have the ones who are you know liberal on the inside and uh, hard boiled on the outside even though they're pretty thin skinned those individuals will start arguing about you know patriarchy and sicky saying well you know uh, like you were saying that you didn't know the role they wouldn't know the role but they would start leveraging accusations and uh, demanding change when there is no need for that change it's just that that essential aspect of our past has been hidden so thoroughly from us. Yep, it has been, and it has been this way. Yeah, and also, uh, well, if if you're not willing to go to to a, to a different uh, different topic today or tomorrow, you have to admit that uh, patriarchy works. Well, to a degree, it works, but I guess now, as we were discussing about the historical fact, it has worked historically. Shouldn't we give matriarchy a try? And if there is matriarchy coming out, for us Sikhs, it should be as a Sikh value, as defined by Sikhi, not defined by the, you know, liberal or conservative cultures, which we seem to be adopting in foreign countries. I mean, for example, if you see the individuals in the UK, the Sikh individuals, the more of the traditionalist ones, they are pursuing texts which are conservative caste-wise, and they're trying to impose all these uh, caste practices again on Sikhs, you know, that lower castes can't enter the Gurdwara because that's what Aftar Singh Bahira says in the Khalsa Taram Shastar, etc., etc. Except, you know, if we measure that against Gurbani, we will see that is Bipran Kirit. So why is it that we can't use Gurbani <coughs> as a guiding stone? You know, that if there is a female ruler, she should be going through Gurbani. We should be judging her through Gurbani rather than whatever convoluted history has been fed to us or whatever, you know, convoluted or obfuscated our cultural norms have been fed to us. And that is, I guess, quite a valid point because today our kids have an identity crisis in the West and in India because they don't know what Sikhi is, but they know what everything else is. And that everything else is regurgitated as being Sikhi. And I think, uh, well, people who migrated here, uh, to the West, hmm. I would say any Western country. Hmm. I don't believe that uh, their primary focus wa was to preserve Sikhi. Their, their primary primary focus was to earn money. Yep. And they worked day and night, seven days a week, and they never connected that much with their own children to deliver their own culture, to deliver their own system of belief to their own children. They never did it. They neglected their uh, responsibilities and the opportunities. Yeah, all uh, well, all they were concerned about was making money and uh, getting a house, a bigger one, and mm. uh, acquiring more property. Mm -hmm. uh, I've seen it within my own family, and that's why I say this. Mm -hmm. No, that's that's right. These are aspects of our society which need to be studied thoroughly, as to why we aren't progressing as we should now. Uh, recently, Dr. Karminder Singh Tillo wrote a book in Malaysia, The Hijackers of Sikhi. I think that's what it's called. It's a must-read book because it delineates uh, Sikh history in light of Gurbani and explores how these various cults started, you know, hijacking Sikhi and claiming antiquity. Now, as far as the Sikh youth are concerned, many individuals want to read this book and many others seem to be shying away from it because it will challenge their long-held perceptions of Sikhi. And that's exactly what we see now. You know, we were discussing liberalism. If you were to say to these uh, neo-Sikh liberals, the ones who, uh, you know, are saying that the Guru Granth Sahib should be made more uh, gay-friendly or, you know, whatever else they want to do. If you expose that logic 
they start screaming so badly that you know you've hit a nerve, but you've hit the nerve truthfully. Uh, I'll send you a screenshot of this, after this recording. And uh, the screenshot simply said I was there was a so-called seeker asking a question online. There, there wasn't, I think, 2016, yeah? Yes. And she, she just asked this question that I've just found out that my dad is a Trump supporter. Oh, yep, yep. <laughs> so, so that means he's racist, he's homophobic, he's going to kill all the brown people. And uh, how do I use Sikhi to, to, how do I say, convince him not to vote for Trump? Jesus Christ. <laughs> I'll, I'll send you the screenshot, I have it. So what was the outcome? Well, uh, I couldn't see it, but uh, I just had the screenshot. Uh, th there were a lot of people who would simply say that, uh, well, well, some people asked if you are really a racist. Mm -hmm. Or is it, is it you projecting your belief onto him that if, if, you, if you are not, if you don't believe what I believe, then you are the worst person in the world? I mean, come to think about it, most of these Punjabi voters overseas, I mean, I know there has been no study done on this, but if there was a study done on them, um, I'll bet you anything that most of them don't even know who the hell they're voting for. They're just following the crowd. Well, uh, uh, very, very, uh, very few might now uh, because they might have interest in politics and they might have interest in where the country is going. Yep. But it's primarily voting as a bloc. Mm -hmm. See, we can make that informed choice, but like you were saying, this individual who puts up that question regarding my dad is a Trump supporter, is that an informed choice or was that letting others, you know, influence her? Mind you, I'm not a Trump supporter myself. I will, I always uh, sort of retain confidentiality on who I support politically until, you know, the ultimate decision is made. And then I'll say, oh, I supported the loser or I supported the winner. But I mean, seriously, when you're going around prancing about asking questions like that, and you know that the fanboy union, the snowflake union, what if someone had actually come along and violently targeted her dead? What would she have done then? Then the post would have been that, how do I, you know, uh, find peace? It's not even that, because that's the point I made initially. Hmm. That are you a Sikh who simply say, okay, it's my dad's belief. Let him do what he does. Or are you a liberal? That if you don't believe what I believe, then you 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 are racist, you are homophobic, you are a genocidal maniac, and you are li literally Hitler reborn. See, liberal is a relative term. Liberal today can't be defined by any set criteria because someone else's liberalism might be our conservatism. We are finding that out. We are actually finding that out in Europe. Someone else's liberalism is our conservatism and their conservatism is our liberalism. Yep, true. But in sense of talking about the, what's generally generally going in the West, is the liberalism is simply that, uh, oh yeah, uh, I'm uh, I'm for gay marriage. Yeah, well, every decent person could be. Yeah, mm -hmm. uh, I, I am all for immigration. Well, <laughs> it might be a bit questionable, but we don't know. Mm -hmm. I'm all. Today, you might say, I'm for open borders. No, well, not going to work. Or th there is this thing called diversity. Mm -hmm. It simply means diversity of appearance. Not diversity of thought. That can't no, be that. No, diversity of opinion. Oh, no, no. We'll go all Stalin on that. We'll send you to the gulag if you dare 
to commit a thought crime. Mm-hmm. Now, if you look at the history of Guru Tegh Bahadur, it's been misinterpreted to say that he died for a particular community. By Jetta, who's the first contemporary uh, account which mentions Guru Tegh Bahadur's martyrdom. Now, look at it this way. Pai Jetta says that Guru Gobind Singh held both Hindus and Muslims responsible for his father's execution. Essentially, the pundits came along the path. Wahis tell us they uh, requested that the Guru lift uh, the sword for them. The Guru refused, basically saying that Sharia and caste were the one and the same. And that because they had come to him, because they had heard that he was planning to do something, well, he was planning to change this, uh, challenge the Islamic State and uh, challenged the notion that religion is the basis of citizenship. And it would be something which went against both the Hindu theocracy, against the Islamic theocracy, against any future theocracy in general. And he went and gave his head for that. Now, he never actually said to the Hindus that, look, uh, we told you so, that this is what your religion will bring to you or something like that, or, you know, let them be wiped out by Aurangzeb. Nothing like that. He decided to die for the freedom of conscience. They had the freedom of conscience, even Aurangzeb and the others had freedom of conscience to do in life as they would, and they would reap what they sowed, ultimately. What liberalism today has become is that sport us, sport what we say, sport what we think to be liberal. If you don't, you're pretty much gone. Okay, uh, I have a, an important point to make here. Yep. Letting your children live the way, uh, live their life the way they see fit is it a Sikh principle? I mean, your duty as a parent should be just to, you know, inform them of Sikhi, try getting them on the Sikh path. But ultimately, once they decide to make their own choices, they're sentient humans. You can't really control them, can you? Well, of course, in today's world, you can't really. And, okay. And if your children choose, let's say, choose to destroy your, your own heritage, what can you do? Nothing. No, nothing. Yeah, so you, you could simply say that our, our future in that sense is totally lost. Well, I could say my immediate family is totally lost. Mm-hmm. So in, in that sense, are you going to be a Sikh or are you going to be a liberal? Well, I mean, once the slap comes along, they become liberals. But essentially from day one, they should have planned for this, you know, eventuality. Yep, they should have planned for it. If I no. say, okay, if, if I say, okay, if I move to India, moved from India to maybe, let's say, US or Canada or Australia or New Zealand, anywhere, hmm. my children were born as, how do I say, hanging between two cultures. Mm-hmm. You need to ground yeah. them. Yep. Yeah, well, I, 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 well, that's my responsibility, but most people don't do it. Hmm. And that's and, why we fail. Yeah, and then we, then there are my grandchildren who don't speak Punjabi, mm-hmm. have no relation to Punjab or India, mm-hmm. know nothing about Sikhi, mm. and they are the true coconuts, mm-hmm. brown outside, white inside. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so within three generations, there was total loss of Sikhi and Sikh heritage and Sikh identity. Mm-hmm. Is, is this acceptable to us? It shouldn't be acceptable. It shouldn't be acceptable at all. But the onus fails on us to do something about it from the start. Well, well, well I think uh, 
the Jewish faith that got through it in an excellent way. You're only a Jew if your mother is one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, uh, they have an excellent solution for it. Yep. And that's why it works. You know, you can marry anybody, mm-hmm. but but as long as your mother is Jewish, you're Jewish. Yep. And I guess these are considerations we need to start exploring pretty soon, as of now. Ultimately, that's all we have for today. Wahiguruji ka khalsa. Wahiguruji ka khalsa.